And here we go. Episode 23 of Nothing to Say. The fans park. It is 23, right? I'm not backwards. Sure. All right. 23. I think it's 23. I'm going to confidently and unconfidently say 23. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Today it is just going to be Sam and I. No guests. Sorry. So you're just stuck with boring two of us. Um, but uh, last week... Last week was interesting, man. I we've gotten actually uh, a lot of listens on the on the last episode, and uh, I I don't know how people perceived last episode, but it certainly got a lot of plays. So did did it really? I mean, it's only been out for like three days, and normally at this time we have sort of an average number uh, that we that we hit uh, within the course of a couple of days, and it's a little bit above that number. So maybe we should make. Every episode rated R. Maybe. I don't know. Or sprinkle it in a little bit more. I Oh, I could sprinkle it in. I'm I'm sure you could. <laughs> I'm sure you could. Uh but thank you, Ben and Jenna, for coming on the show. Um was a blast having both of you on. And we look forward to the next time uh, both of you make an appearance because we know uh both of you will. Uh especially Ben, because uh, we'll be talking about the Kings a lot. Um, and before we, uh, before we actually get into the Kings, because they got their first win of the season, freaking finally, tonight, uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, we'll start the show off just like we always do. Um, Sam, it's been a couple days. How was your week? Crazy, man. Just midterms and uh, life. Life was happening. Life was happening. You know, you got to balance school, work, relationship, everything. Just all at once. It's Family a, visited, girlfriend visited, study for midterms, finish papers, just everything. Yeah, how was both visits from girlfriend and family? Um, it was great to see um, my dad and stepmom made it up. Uh, and it was great to see them. Like, we got dinner Friday. Um, I didn't, I wasn't planning on, like, I had, I could mentally prepare for them visiting because, like, I knew they were coming type of thing. But, Jenna coming was just so out of the blue. Like it went from in a matter of two hours, one night, she was like, yeah, I'm coming the next day. And it was like, Oh, okay. Like let's, let's do this type of thing. And it was like really weird when she was like actually there. Cause unlike most relationships, we really know when we're going to see each other next. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like really planned out like, Oh, I'll see you January 2nd or whatever. Like, that's yeah. the next time I'm going to see you. And then it was just weird that, like, oh, she's right there. Everything. <laughs> like, she didn't right. surprise me, but, like, oh, she's she's here earlier than I expected. Which was, right. a, it was a nice surprise. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, she, she sent me a text. She actually, I don't know if she told you the story, but she sent me a text. And she, her text to me was, Jason. That was it. I was like, okay, what's going on? <laughs> and she, she was like, I'm in a predicament. Like, oh, yeah. And uh, she laid out um, – she was like, yeah, I've got school shut down. I've got a couple days. Um, uh, should I go up and see Sam? And then, But she laid out that she didn't really have a ride at that point. Um, and there was volleyball stuff going that was potentially going on, stuff like that. I was like, look, dude, if you got a chance to get up there, then go. Like, <laughs> just go. <laughs> um, and then she texted me a couple hours later. She's like, I'm going. I was like, okay, great. <laughs> yeah. And in a relationship where we see each other like 
I want to say like maybe six times in a year, not like six days, but like six periods of time. Yeah. It, anytime you can get like an extra little bit just helps so much. You're going to make our audience members cry. You know, we're just still kicking. <laughs> no, but yeah, I was just like, dude, you just, you got to go. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know why you're even asking me. Well, just I go. Felt, <laughs> I felt really bad too. Cause like, because I didn't know she was coming, I couldn't get work off. And yeah. like, I couldn't get school work done earlier. Stuff like, like, so like I had so much stuff going on while she was here. Like I felt really bad, but, um, she was a trooper and she, uh, she totally understood everything. And yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure she didn't care. Like, like I worked on Sunday, I worked for 10 hours and she was just in my, in my room doing, <laughs> doing homework and stuff. And like, that couldn't have been fun, but. Well, she said, she actually sent me a text then and she was just like, I'm so bored. <laughs> um, I was like, I don't really, I said, go spend time with Sam. She's like, he's at work. I was like, oh, okay. Well, for how long? She's like, another like seven hours. I was like, oh, <laughs> sorry. And then I got another text like four hours later. She's like, I feel like a housewife. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, I've cl- already started cleaning his room. I oh, was like, oh my record, God. I didn't, I told her not to do that. <laughs> She was like, yeah, I think I'm going to clean around here. I'm like, don't do that. First off, she, instead of like looking through my cupboards and stuff, because she, for some reason, was too scared to go through the common area because she didn't want to talk to people or something like that. So, oh, yeah, her line to me was, yeah, well, because I asked her, I was like, well, go watch some football. And she was like, well, I don't want to because I just got out of the shower and I look like a wet rat. I was like, wet rat? Yeah, geez. But she used like, all my toilet paper to clean <laughs> and i was like oh, well, really? I, have, I have lysol wipes like in my pantry she's like how would i have known that um should i ask you should yeah should have gone out there that's she's, hilarious she's weird she's kind of weird I, I will not argue that um but uh she's back in sonoma now i think everybody's all good everybody's uh back down there so that's uh, that's good that every everybody down in that area is being let back in. Yeah, what a tough area to live in. Yeah, I know, <laughs> dude. Two, they just oh, go ahead. Well, two years ago they had like a really bad fire, and this one in scope was worse. But for the like Sonoma area, wasn't I feel like wasn't as bad, um, like in terms of structural damage. Mm-hmm. Like maybe area was worse, but two years ago, I feel like there was more like buildings and structures that burned down. Well, it just seems like there's like, it's so bad right now. It just seems like there's just a new fire just popping up every day in a new area. And it's PG&A's fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw an, I saw a number on the news today when I was at work that said there was like an estimated $30 billion that they're going to owe. And do they have to pay that off? I yeah, <laughs> eventually I'm oh sure. Oh my gosh! Um, but uh, my aunt actually, I I believe there was a warning that she was going to get evacuated down in L.A. and I think she got evacuated um, as well. And then just Colfax all of a sudden today is now in a state of emergency. I was like, dude, well, it's all over the place. So so my mom's house 
she lives in uh, Applegate, which is right outside Auburn. It's between Auburn and Colfax. Her power was shut off because they were so oh, worried. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, they were shut off for four days uh, last week. It's so weird that like all of this is ha- seems to be happening like once. It's I mean, it's not like they're just sprinkling in like every couple months. It's like all these fires are happening like right now. Yeah. Well, there's just, the the SoCal fires too, and yeah, <laughs> I can't, I don't remember what it was. I think it was like a news. Uh, we were watching the news here, and they showed a picture of like the areas that were on fire, and it was just California's. <laughs> yeah, covered, dude. And it was it's I, so you, bad. Obviously, you weren't here, but the wind made it worse. There was a day. There were a couple days down here where the wind was just outrageous and they showed some areas around Sacramento and kind of a, a, a expanding out from Sacramento, like the peak wind gusts that had gone through. And there was one area that had like a 105 mile an hour wind gust. It was blowing down here a couple days ago. Um, so, of course, that's not helping um, with the fires as well. It's just it. California's on fire, and it kind of stinks. Because it's the best state. Absolutely. And Northern California is uh, better. We'll just say that right now. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Not Doug Gottlieb. It's the bald-faced truth. What's his name? He's a really big-time Oregon sports reporter. And he was trying to make the case that the Northwest of the United States, so specifically Oregon and Washington, was the best part of the country, and I couldn't couldn't get behind it. Right, I could not get behind it. I wanted to, uh, what's his name, John Canzano. Uh, he was trying to make the case because that area, like, apparently donated a lot to. Um, the relief efforts for Hurricane Katrina and stuff like that. Like they had a bunch of stories and people came on of like people donating and saying like really nice things about the area, which is nice. And some guy came on and he was like, yeah, I was from Sacramento and um, they didn't do anything back there. (laughs) I was like, they're just making wide generalizations about these areas just based off of like little information. Like you can't, I mean, we joke about it. Like Northern California is the best, but, In all honesty, we don't know. No. But, like, they're really making the argument of, like, that area is the best. You just can't. Yeah. You can't, you can't, I mean, yeah, like you said, we're joking about it. But, I mean, until somebody's actually spent, you know, a handful of years in all those areas, like, only people who have done that can really make the, like, the comparison. And do, do not give me the Pacific Northwest. The weather is not nearly as good. As in California. That's just... Uh, yeah. It's just automatically takes you out of the conversation. I mean, we're in Sacramento. I mean, or I'm in Sacramento right now. And it's still 70 and sunny in November. It's so. sunny here and barely breaks 40. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I like colder weather more than hot weather. Oh. But, yeah, I, I'm the complete opposite. I like cold weather, but... The thing is, is that a large majority of people don't, and they're getting their wish right now because today it was like 70 and perfectly sunny outside. There was like not a cloud in sight. So, 
but the wind was uh was still up there a little bit. I went to the dump today to go put down. Uh, we like took apart a shed in our backyard, and I, I was at the dump. And my good, I mean, yeah, it's the dump. It's gonna smell, but the wind made it a whole lot worse. So, um, can you smell the dump from your house? Yeah. You can every once in a while, and it's actually worse in the winter than it is in the summer. Uh, but yeah, we do get we do get gusts of. Uh, you can smell it at Fitness MD. So I don't know how how boring this talk is going to be, but Roseville's doing this thing where they're expanding that way, like past your house. They're like expanding <laughs> that neighborhood, right? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Well, I mean, where my dad lives, those are like brand new. That houses. yes, yeah. But they're like that area is just going to keep expanding. Mm-hmm. They, oh, they'll oh they'll smell it. What are they going to do with the dump that's like right there? It's like a mile down the street. Yeah, it yeah, and you know what? It's not it's not like it's an overwhelming thing. It doesn't happen all the time, but there are days where it's just like it's really bad. Like at Fitness MD earlier this week, there was one day where I all of us we we had gone outside to go run, and I was looking at everybody. I was like, it is horrific out here right now like it smells terrible and we were all just kind of looking around i was like and we all were like yeah it's the dump it's got to be the dump that's the only thing that it can be um so yeah no they'll they'll, uh they'll get whiffs of it of course 100 percent. and i think there's a school that's being put out sort of in this area too so um that school's gonna get whiffs of it too (laughs) there's really no avoiding it i um, at this you know, point, you know it's not a dump. The Forty ers I was going to go the Kings since they won their first game, but we can talk about the Forty ers I was going to go to the Forty ers just because I figured you wanted to get them out of the way first. I mean, I can talk about the Forty ers all day. All right, then all day starts right now because the Forty ers beat the Arizona Cardinals um, twenty-eight to twenty-five off of a career high in touchdown passes from Jimmy Garoppolo. It was twenty. He was twenty-eight mm-hmm. for thirty-seven. 317 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Now, here's the thing about the San Francisco 49ers. They actually they did not have the uh, running game like they normally have had the past couple weeks. Now, Rita still had 78 yards, um, which is a good performance. Uh, but Coleman only had 23. Arizona actually did a pretty decent job at containing – San Francisco's uh, running game. It was Garoppolo who won them the game, which is not something we've been really able to say all year. So here's the thing. If the, if the 49ers can balance their run game with a performance like that from Jimmy, they're going to be really tough to beat. It just, it just gives that team confidence. Cause like you said, I don't, I don't think it's fair to say Jimmy Garoppolo has been average this year because he hasn't, he, for one, hasn't had the opportunity to be great. And two, needed. His team hasn't needed him to win them games outside of the last drive against Pittsburgh, which capped off with a game-winning touchdown. That, those are the, that's the only time, and well, now in Arizona. Those are the only two times that the 49ers have had to ask Jimmy Garoppolo to win them a game. So you can't sit here and judge Jimmy Garoppolo for this season. I I heard um, Stephen A. this morning read off his numbers because now Garoppolo's played eighteen starts. He's sixteen and two, mm-hmm. and he listed off his stats. And he was like, "Well, these like he was had like 
Garoppolo has 25 touchdowns with 16 interceptions or something like that. Like Stephen A was trying to make the argument that he's been average. But Garoppolo, he has the potential to play like he did against Arizona every game. Sheer potential. People forget that he's only played 18 starts. If a rookie quarterback had their first year and they were 25 and 16, I think that's a pretty good year for a rookie quarterback. Yeah. And this kid's yeah. just going to keep getting better with targets and uh, different different pieces around this team because they're one of the youngest teams in the NFL. This team is just going to keep getting better and better. And the thing is, they don't need him to do this because their running attack is so dominant. But yeah, in the back of their minds, if they know, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo against Arizona dominated, he can do that. He can just flip that switch anytime. And that just gives the team so much more confidence. Jimmy's only 28. It's not like he's old either. Well, you got Tom Brady and uh, Drew Brees who are in their 40s right now. Yeah, so he's got um, 14 good years left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, potentially. I mean. Um, With that face? Ooh. Yeah, Sam's got a man crush on Jimmy G. I, it's not just Sam. It's not. <laughs> Colin, Colin Coward spent like a solid 10 minutes of his show talking about what quote-unquote quarterback face, which this is a, this is a real thing. Name, what's the last great quarterback that isn't a good-looking man? One just came to mind for me, but, like, think about it. Like, great quarterback? Like, great quarterback. Well, that boils down to a matter of opinion. Well, you got Tom Brady, good-looking And now guy. you and I are rating um, men. I, what's the problem with that? You're not... No, I'm totally fine. I'm just I'm I'm letting you be aware of what subject we're going into right now. But all right, let's do it. So the one that came to mind, Peyton Manning. He's not that good looking of a guy. He's not ugly. No, he's not ugly. But he's and not... he makes up for it because he's like he's hilarious. He's very. He's a. He's. You can tell he's confident. He's like very comfortable in his own skin. You can tell that about him. But you got. Brady, Rodgers, Brett Favre, Troy Aikman, Dan Marino. Like, all these guys are good. What about Drew? He's a – Oh, don't do my boy dirty like that. (laughs) I mean, sure, he's a a pretty good-looking guy, I guess. But, like, it's just these – so they they all grow up with that confidence, right? Like, if you – which I I don't know what this feels like, but – Imagine walking in a room and knowing that, A, you grabbed everyone's attention, and B, like, you're the best-looking guy in that room. That has nothing to do with their ability to play football. But it's just, it just adds to that confidence. Because, like, when you step into that huddle, it's, like, the same sort of thing. Like, you, have, you bring that belief into there where you're, like, commanding a huddle and being like, hey, guys, you need to listen to me. I am leading this. The line you're trying to draw right now is very thin and dashed. I can understand why you're trying to what point you're trying to pull, but I don't think it translates as easily as you're making it out to be. Okay, well, I don't, we'll take it. Like, I don't think Garoppolo. Like this. If you are a shy guy and don't garner a lot of attention and not used to being in the spotlight, you can't just go into a huddle and lead it like that. 
it's, it, that doesn't work. But it's different settings. Like, people are more comfortable in certain areas and certain aspects of their life in every, in every walk of life. Um, now, like, there are people who are, who on one side, you know, absolutely hate public speaking, but they're, they have absolutely no problem, you know, talking to their team. I mean, there are people, I mean, it's not, I get what you're saying. But I'm not sure it translates as it's not the it's not everything. No, absolutely not. But it, I get I get I at least understand the argument that you're trying it. to make. It's a part of it. I, I yeah I at least understand the argument that you're trying. You're basically trying to say that confidence carries over. Just it's not only confidence. It's like being held as like a star through your whole life. Do you get what I'm saying? Like. If you're a good-looking, if you're an attractive individual through high school, you're just treated differently, and that carries over through college and then into your career. Like you're, you're already used to that spotlight, and you're already you already have been held to like a higher standard, and like your your head's just got to be through the roof. Oh, for sure. I mean, you definitely get treated differently. It's just not. Um, it's I hundred percent agree. With not that. a coincidence that there's so many quarterbacks that are successful that happen to be and this is Colin Cowherd saying <laughs> well yeah that was all Colin Cowherd by the way <laughs> well I just think well, Jimmy throw, G's well, the hottest athlete in the in America and the world yeah, all right it's either him or Cristiano Ronaldo to be honest <laughs> yo Chris Cristiano's so like a how old is he he's like a 34 34 year old you know, the funny thing is, is that at the beginning of the show, Sam was like, hey, man, you got the format of the show laid out? Because normally I write the format. You do? And I was like, no, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. He's like, all right, cool. And here we are, rating the uh, sexiness of uh, male athletes. Whoa, so, I didn't say sexiness. Yeah, but you said hottest male, you said hottest athlete in the, in the, in sports you and can the world. Be, so you took it to a level. You can be hot and not sexy. Do you think Jimmy G is sexy? Well, I, I mean, I mean, that porn. I'm asking you straight up. Porn star that he dated probably thinks so. I'm, I'm not asking her. I'm asking. Oh, you. did you did you hear? Um, apparently, him and like Aaron Andrews have a thing. Yo, they were stop dodging the question. They were flirting, right? He's ducking the question. Everybody is he is Jimmy Garoppolo sexy? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'd go on a night out with him. <laughs> oh man all right so there we go the uh we talked a little bit about the Niners talked a little bit about Jimmy G and his looks and now we're going to talk a little bit about the Sacramento Kings what a transition that was wait, um, wait, wait, wait. but big win though in all seriousness big win for the Niners that was a dangerous game in Arizona they could have been caught sleeping still undefeated big win yeah, and the Cardinals normally play the Niners pretty tough for whatever reason. And the defense played. That was the worst game. If that's the worst game the defense plays, I'm happy. Right. Um, it'll, it's, I mean, we've said it from the beginning. It's going to be the back half of the 49ers schedule. That's uh, really going to be the, the tester for them to see where they end up eventually. Bro, he called Aaron Andrews baby in the postgame. 
Yowzers. Are we kidding ourselves? You got some cojones. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> um, and uh, we'll transition from uh, cojones into the Kings cojones because they were able to barely but successfully hold off the Utah Jazz and get their first win of the 2019 season. And I tell you what, I know Sam, you weren't watching the game tonight because you were at work. But the last, but you watched the highlights, um, so you're you're all caught up. The last two minutes of that game were insane. They were insane. So for those of you who didn't watch the game, which I'm sure is plenty of you, um, the Kings were playing really the, – the, the Achilles heel of the Kings so far this season has been the third quarter. Um, and they knew that. De'Aaron Fox actually addressed that in the post-game uh, conference, uh, press conference. So they're all aware that that's been their weak point this season. So there was about, um, uh, I'd say about a minute and 50 seconds left uh, in the fourth quarter. Kings have been playing well all night. They were able to survive the third quarter. They actually had a seven-point lead with four minutes left. So fast forward, like I said, to about a minute, about a minute 50-ish. Uh, it's 97-97. Dwayne Dedman at this point for the Kings hits a three. So now it's a hundred to ninety-seven. Like the with... first three as a king. No, not his first three as a king, because he hit some uh, uh a couple uh, a couple games ago. Oh, but it was his he? first three. Yeah, it was his first three of the night. He was over He's five. Been struggling. Yeah, he has been. Um he played better tonight, but he was over five from the three point line and hit his first three with fifty seconds left. I like but the... um Sorry, I keep interrupting you, but I really no, like uh, Rashawn Holmes starting. I I really like rewarding a guy for clearly showing effort, even though oh, yeah. Deadman is getting paid a lot more. I love yeah. that. Yeah, hundred percent. And he should be starting. He's absolutely he's been playing his butt off uh, the past couple of games, and he absolutely deserves it. Yep. Um. So forty five seconds left. Kings are up, um, by. Uh, three jazz score so the kings are up by one um kings ended up not scoring on their next possession and then there's 17 seconds left shot clocks off so the jazz at this point can hold for the last shot go for the win or if they miss obviously they lose donovan mitchell gets inbounded the ball and just goes flying right towards the hoop just goes right right in uh at the uh at the at the Kings. He got the ball in with 16 seconds left. He scored with 11 seconds left on the clock. He went right at the Kings. The thing about this play, though, was when he went up, he made the shot, but Rudy Gobert had pushed Trevor Ariza under the hoop. So there was an um, off-the-ball foul that actually, had the Kings been in the bonus, would have given the Kings uh, an extra free throw, but they weren't. The bucket counted and then the Kings got the ball with 11 uh, seconds left. So at this point, De'Aaron drives down, kicks it to Bielitsa, who misses the three, and then Harrison Barnes comes flying in from the boondocks, puts it in with, like, two seconds left, just off a game winner. Um, and, then Rashawn, and then Holmes, as you were mentioning, uh, played really good defense on Mitchell at the end. He did oh, bite on the pump fake. that was scary, though. I thought he was going to oh, foul yeah. him. 
Yeah, he. I. I honestly thought that first bump by Holmes was mm-hmm. going to get a foul call. He was handsy. Um, he was handsy. Um, well, actually, it wasn't his hands. It was his shoulder. He was but putting I think, a lot of body weight into Mitchell, though. Yeah, I think the reason why it wasn't a foul call is because uh, Holmes came running up on him, but Mitchell kind of ducked his shoulder into him. So Mitchell kind of initiated it. Um, but, uh, yeah, Kings, I know that was a long-winded description, but that was exactly what happened. And um, Kings ended up getting their first win. Against a good and, team. Against a very good team. Um, I just realized this. I don't know why I hadn't been thinking about this. Why is Kyle Guy not suited up? Is he hurt? Probably. Dude, why is everybody on the Kings hurt? Why why would would you want Kyle Guy playing? I don't know, but I'm just – it'd be nice to know that he's healthy when we already have people who are injured. (laughs) Um, Plenty. I think he's – I think he's healthy. Yeah, I've seen – I'm looking at him right now in the highlights. He's in a jacket and a, he's in a sweatshirt <laughs> with a weird logo. I don't even know what's on his sweatshirt, but he wasn't in King's gear. Oh, okay. Um, so I don't, I don't know what his problem is. Uh, but, yeah, the Kings ended up winning against uh, a very good jazz team. Um, and my biggest takeaways from this game was the defense. Uh, it wasn't even close. This was the Kings' best defensive performance of the year. It just – they were – there was a point in the fourth quarter where they – like Doug and um, Grant on the broadcast. Hate them. Both of them? <laughs> They're both pretty annoying. They can be. Um, I – it's it's weird. I, I've listened to, to Grant my entire life. Yep. And I know you have too. Um. So I'm sort of used to him, but there, and I, at, at times last season, I wasn't, I didn't really enjoy listening to Doug, but Doug's sort of grown on me. Um, but th- there are times where it's just like, okay, like, let's calm it down a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what you were trying to say. Well, I was just saying the, uh, the Kings, um, defense. Yeah. Their defense tonight was a hundred percent. It was 100% their best defensive performance of the year. It wasn't even close. They were so active on the defensive end. And there was a point in the fourth quarter where Grant and Doug had made a comment about how just locked in they seemed on the defensive end. And there was uh, like three plays in a row. I remember Bogdanovich had had deflection on one play, came back. um, No, had two deflections on the same play, like, got deflected. Um, he deflected it back to um, Conley, and then the pass came back, um, and he deflected it again. So he had two deflections. Then on the next play, he had another deflection that went out of bounds, and then I, on the next play, he had another one. Um, and then Trevor Ariza was flying around. As well. I mean, they were all over the place on defense, and it was really, really refreshing to watch because they just hadn't done that all season. Um. So I, I, the, the reason why they won this game was 100% their defense. And they, they actually played a little bit faster. It was yeah. noticeable. Yeah, it was. I was about to say that. Um, so hopefully – I'm looking at their rotation for their numbers right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was pretty even across the board. So Barnes, 31. Bealitz at 26. Holmes only had 20, but he got in foul trouble. Um, Fox, 37. Healed, 30. Ariza – Ariza played 32, but I think the reason why 
he played more was because Holmes um, was in foul trouble and Deadman kind of had it. I mean, he had a pretty good game, but um, Deadman had 27, Bogey had 25, and Joseph had 11. So the the numbers were pretty even throughout why is, the team. Why is Bogey only playing 25? Uh, he had, I don't – I'm not sure. I don't have a good answer. He, to he that played question. a really efficient game. And he came on late. He was carrying that offense late. He was. Big time. He had two humongous threes in the fourth quarter. Uh, or actually one to close out the third and then one in the fourth that quarter. That one all, all the way from Rockland? Yeah, yeah, and then they the other one that looked identical to the game winner last year. See, this is the problem I have with Doug, because every time someone puts a shot up, he says like, like he says something every single time. Do you know right. that? I, I mean, I I get what you're I He's I know like, what you're saying. Get in, baby, or come on, man, or so like some like something quick like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like I feel like other color analysts don't say stuff as frequently well especially not the national ones maybe i mean i can't really speak for the local guys um but yeah the national ones certainly don't um this is gonna i mean there's we've pretty much talked um uh well actually that'd be an interesting conversation that i actually want to have with you because i think it might be kind of cool for the show um but let's close out this king's topic real quick um i got more to say Oh, you got more to say? Then rant, go. <laughs> do it. Rant. Fire away. <laughs> no, but like, so about the about the speed thing, because that was a big talking point that we had. If you guys didn't listen to the last podcast, go listen. There was a lot of passion. Three, not, three Kings fans that totally lost hope in their team just yeah. poured our hearts out after they lost to the Nuggets. Uh, go listen to that. But a big thing was the lack of speed just the pure difference from a year ago. And in this game, I can't really attribute it to Luke Wallen. It felt like De'Aaron put it upon himself to like go against coaching. Cause there was times where he would dribble the ball up and it would, they wouldn't have numbers and he would slow it, but then just say, Hey, F it. I'm, I'm hitting the hole. And he was going to go and he would, draw fouls and that was the deer we saw last year like he is fast enough that no player can guard him in open space yeah so as long as there is not five guys or he's not getting triple teamed i want him taking it to the hole and he's such a good finisher yeah with either hand and if he doesn't finish then he'll he's amazing at drawing fouls yeah. As well. And so if he's, bully- he's not going to finish, then. He was bullying Mike Conley. Yeah, he was. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But so, like, I can I cannot give credit to Luke Walton because it just seemed like De'Aaron made a conservative effort. Like, he said, hey, I'm tired of this. We, we know we can play better. We're going to play our way. And let's see what yeah, happens. You're going to adjust to us, not we're going to adjust to you. And the, the Bogdanovich thing. So – Buddy, for some reason, I think he had like the silent, silentest eighteen points, like ever. Yeah, he um, he did not have a very. Uh... He's been struggling. Well, yeah, it was a very. I think you're. I think you described it perfectly. It was a very quiet game for him because normally, like when he's scoring, he scores in. I mean, 
once he hits one, like the rest just start falling. They're like, like rip your heart out threes, like momentum shift threes. They're just wet. Yeah, and it's off like the fast every break, time. and he's on the corner on the wing. Darren will kick it to him. Buddy will or Bogey will kick it to him, and it's just wet. You like you know it's going in. You don't yeah. see that very much this year. No, not, I mean not this sh- year. I'm sure we will, but just not so far. No, but no. Bogdanovich. So he starts off slow, but when you need him, and I think this is going to be the key for the Kings, he's going to be this team's closer. Because he's the best offensive player on this team. Even more than De'Aaron? He just has so many more weapons in a one-on-one isolation game than De'Aaron does. Interesting. Do you agree with that? Um, he's definitely a better shooter. He's got the step-back three. He's got the mid-range that's money. And then he's got enough length and like subtle quickness that you're not going to you he's not going to get the the best defender on him if he does then you give it to De'Aaron. Like whoever has the better matchup, I think they switch off every game. But those two should be your primary ball handlers closing out a game. And I think Bogey showed in this game that when he gets hot, he stays hot and is able to run a team with not only pivotal timely shots but also is a great distributor. He is a really good passer. So I think putting the ball in Bogey's hands late in game would benefit the Kings. Yeah, I do think so. And one thing that Doug was saying on the broadcast, which I totally agreed with him, and it was really weird. why the, I, I couldn't understand why the Kings weren't doing this. And Doug brought it up a handful of times. And it was, started to bother me, not him bringing it up, but that the Kings weren't recognizing it themselves. Was Rudy Gobert is the is a – Defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. And he's arguably, I mean, you could, you give it to, I mean, I feel like him and Kawhi Leonard could probably just switch off the title each year. It's, it's, it's those two guys who you just are like, okay, if they're on the floor, we're just going to go away from them. So for a big man, what you need to do is you need to involve somebody who's good at protecting the rim in a pick and roll. You need to get them away from the, away from the hoop. Yeah. And the Kings were doing, Guard to guard, pick and rolls. They were not involving Gobert in because at this point, when you have a so I'm gonna, I'm gonna break this down for so for uh, our our viewers or our listeners, um, <laughs> our viewers. <laughs> yeah, we're we got a broadcast going on right now, live stream. Yeah, I'm in sweats and a hoodie. That's not good. that's not a thing. I'm in sweats and a long sleeve. So <laughs> professionally unprofessional. Um, so I'll break this down for uh, our listeners right now. So when you involve Gobert in a pick and roll. It's not even necessarily about who the Kings center is at that point. Cause it could be Dwayne Dedman. It could be Holmes. I mean, it could even be Bielita if, if uh, Gobert's on him, it's not about who's setting the pick for the Kings. What big man is setting the, the pick for the Kings at that point. It's just about drawing Gobert away from the hoop. That's all, that's all you want. Mm-hmm. And what you're hoping is that Gobert switches onto one of your guards. Cause now you have a mismatch on two different players. You have a mismatch on your big guy, and then you have a mismatch on Fox. Um, And at that point, um, what happens is, one, you have Gobert away from the hoop. So if Fox keeps the ball, now he's got a mismatch. Well, if he takes Gobert to the hole and he brings him back to the hoop, what it does now 
is it causes um, uh, a driving kick situation because now people have to compensate for Gobert not being under the hoop. Now they got to dive down to help uh, to help uh, Gobert on um, on Fox because Fox will get by him, and then that just allows Fox to to dish to whoever's there. And the Kings have enough three point shooters to where he could pretty much pass it to whoever dives down. So not involving Gobert in that pick and roll was mind-boggling to me because I it just didn't make any sense well you know who that show when well, you know what that shows it, it just, had Luke Walton wasn't calling those lack, plays it shows a lack of experience by Luke Walton yeah because I assure you and I hate to bring this up Dave Yeager is a smart enough basketball mind to take advantage of mismatches like that I think because yeah. he's been around the game he's been around every level of the game Luke Walton Retired, what, five years ago from basketball? Something like that. He's still a baby and in terms of coaching. Got the luckiest break of being an assistant for Golden State. <laughs> and then has ridden, rode the coattails of that to three jobs. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I he's got to prove it. He has <laughs> to prove it. That he is the right fit for this team. It is such a it's so funny to me um, and because before I got hired at Fitness MD um, uh, when I, I shadowed there earlier in May, I was going to be the, the head coach for, for Roseville's freshman basketball team. I thought you were going to say the head coach for uh, the Kings. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, hey, man, they, I they, wish. They, inter- they even interviewed me, but uh, they said they already – they already decided on Luke Wall in like 20, are... 20 minutes through our interview. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, yo, stop interviewing this kid. We got Luke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. What's this kid have? No experience. What does Luke have? Almost no experience. Yeah, we'll go with Luke. But, but who's, whose dad is Luke Walton? Yeah, his last <laughs> name is Walton. <laughs> so he's got to be good, right? Um, but the thing is, is that. I remember talking to because when you when you have freshman players coming in, um, you can't necessarily make the most complicated game plans and whatnot. And the thing to me about basketball, as somebody who played it for 16 years and just I, I know the game like the back of my hand and I had to because I was a point guard my entire life. So I had to know the ins and outs of every team that I that I played for. Basketball is such it's such a simple game and people try to overcomplicate it to a point where it just you you don't make it entertaining when you try to get too dialed into the to the x's and o's it's it boils down to to two things really it's one you have to play defense you absolutely have to play defense even if you're a terrible offensive team if you're an outstanding defensive team then you don't necessarily need to put up you know, 120 points a game. You can put up 100 points a game as long as you're keeping your opponent under 100 points. You just you need to play good, solid defense. You need to put the other team in uncomfortable offensive situations and just force them um, to to have the ball for a whole 24 seconds. You need to make them tired on offense, not just on defense. I don't know if Sacramento has the personnel to be a, a good. I don't even think they have a the like the personnel to be an average defensive I, team. I disagree with that 100%. So just in they this, got just matches in Buddy, Bielitz, Bielitza, and Bogey, realistically. 
And then even Holmes is undersized, undersized as a center. But defense is not a defense is not a skill. Defense is a it's pure. An, it's an effort, but at that effort thing at that level, you could put in as much effort as you want, and LeBron James is going to still dunk it on your face. Okay, then you tip your hat. Then you tip your hat to LeBron, and you say, "Okay, we're gonna uh, we're gonna lock in uh, everywhere else." Now, I, I understand that that sounds dumb, and you're saying, "Okay, we're gonna let LeBron uh, beat us," but which he's done plenty of times. But LeBron's not gonna make every shot, and as long as you don't, as long as you don't give him those uncontested lanes, I'm fine if he dunks it on my face. That's totally fine. I'm but as fine. long as it as long as it took him 22 seconds to do it, and he had to work for it, eventually that's going to catch up to him. Eventually, it'll catch up to every player ever. This the thing that I've always said on every team that I've ever played on. Whenever we're playing against somebody who gets hot, it's like they're going to cool down eventually. But eventually, it's going to go away. So and when, that's that's when we can make our push. So the best defensive lineup that the Kings have would be Fox. Uh, uh, Riza, maybe Joseph, Joseph at the two, and then Barnes. Ariza, Barnes, Deadman, probably. I mean, when Marvin comes back, even Marvin has trouble defensively. Like he's not disciplined yet to be like a good defensive player. Like he gets a lot of blocks, but I feel like he also gives up like routine plays. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that'll come with experience. So, but he definitely has the tools to be a good defensive player, like no doubt. With that much bounce, mm-hmm. and when he gets stronger, oh my gosh! But right now, I think Deadman's probably better defensive center. Like, but that team, like Fox, Joseph Barnes, Ariza, Deadman, that's not a a well balanced offensive team going the other way. You know what I'm saying? Well, and see, here's here's the thing, and here's what I was gonna say. Um, the the other the flip side to the two points that I was gonna say about keeping basketball simple is if you if you have a team, and say you have you you just have on offense, you need to create situations in which your players can succeed. And the easiest, which is a stupid, which is a stupidly simple thing to say, but like for the Kings last year. The Kings did not have the most talent on their team by far. They have the Kings still have talented players, but they weren't the Golden State Warriors of last year. They weren't going to beat you because they had Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, you know, Steph Curry. The reason why the Kings were able to do so well last year is because they played fast and they put their players in opportunities to succeed. They created mismatches because they were running so fast when you when you ab- when you run the ball down a team's throat, they can't prepare. They can't get set on defense and match up. They just have to guard whoever the heck is closest to them, and it creates mismatches. And if you're not running like the Kings haven't been, then you have to create what we were just talking about with Rudy Gobert. You have to create those situations, and when you can, in which you can make mismatches for a team like the Kings who are not incredibly talented the only way they're going to succeed on offense is by putting their players in positions on fast breaks and on and setting each other up um on on pick and rolls like that the kings 
if they keep winning games and if they do win games, it's not going to be because De'Aaron won them the game or Bogey won them the game or Buddy won them the game. It's going to be because they helped each other as a team win the game. They have to because they just don't have a LeBron James or a Kawhi Leonard. You know what I'm saying? No, I get it. When we yeah. we talked about that last episode, like this team is built to run. Yeah. Buddy makes wide open shots and you get wide open shots in the fast break. Bogey makes wide open shots and he dishes in the fast break. Mm-hmm. Like it's just so simple. And Yeah, it's <laughs> it, basketball is basketball is very simple. It's defense and you need to create those mismatches in any way that you can. In well, any way that you can. I don't know about creating this. I liked what you said earlier, putting players in the best position to succeed. Well, yes, and I was and I was using the mismatch thing in the sense that um, with the whole Gobert thing that we were talking about. Like every player has a strength. Right. And, and you just gotta play to it. Perfect example, Marco Bellinelli. Trash. Marco Bellinelli Does when he, have he a was strength? on the Spurs. No yeah, shooting. <laughs> when he was on the Spurs Not for the Kings. Exactly. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> when when he was on the Spurs was lights out. Lights out. He never dribbled the ball. He just ran around the court and just put up shots for the Spurs. Was phenomenal as a bench player. He did the Came same to... thing in Sacramento. No, he did not. They the Kings... ran him off screens and he would clank threes <laughs> and mid-range shots. <laughs> That's the same thing he did in San Antonio, but he had a purple jersey on and he said, F this, I'm not making shots. <laughs> he took his 10 or 15 million and said peace and went to Charlotte. Okay, well, I was trying to make an example of Marco Bellinelli, but the problem is, is that there is a truth to what Sam is saying. Bro, they ran, like, it's so vivid in my head. Rajon Rondo would dribble the ball up, and they would run... Uh, What's it called? It's like a holy two- crap! I forgot about Londo and his Kings team. <laughs> that was that team, dude. I literally like paused in my head for like fifteen seconds, going, "Are you serious? We have run- oh yeah." Guess who else was on that team? Matt Barnes. Yeah, Matt Barnes. Oh my gosh! I remember but they would, how sad they were. Marco Bellinelli would come off the bench. He was like the seventh man usually. They would run down screens for him, and he would pick either side to run run off of. He would go curl around, and then as soon as he gets the ball, he'd put a shot up. Didn't matter what where the defender was, he was putting a shot up. But here's the thing. That's all up. they did for him. That's all it was. But they, they created. They tried to create for him. They tried to create for him, but you can't create one. You can't keep using the same stuff over and over again. Bro, I'm not and defending that's... the Sacramento. Who, who coached that team? I don't. That was the that Mike, year. That wasn't the Mike Malone. Uh, no, he was. He's been. He's been in Denver for a while. God, there's been just so many coaches. The, the guys. Oh, George Carl. Stink. It was George. Oh, Carl. you might be right. Oh my gosh! So you're calling George Carl a Hall of Fame coach? His system didn't work. No, it didn't. George Carl, you are trash. I could have coached that team better than you. You stink. But if we if we compare that team, so that team with Demarcus Cousins, who is a monster. Oh gosh. That team wasn't built to run. And George no. Carl's whole thing was we need to push the tempo. Like he was in Denver 
that team was the fastest team the NBA had ever seen type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work with DeMarcus Cousins. That's the same way of Luke Walton's system of half-court sets. We're going to move the ball for 23 seconds, and then the whoever has it last, they got to make a play. That's his offense. And that worked in Golden State because you had Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Kevin Durant. Well, they didn't have Kevin Durant back then, but they had Steph Curry, who was an MVP, and Clay Thompson, which that that works. But like he, yeah, he's he's George Carl Carl it. You know what I mean? He's yeah messing it up. And honestly, I think I can speak a little bit of of dividends to this, um, just because of the two te- the two teams that I had the longest tenures on. Like I played. I played for a YBA team for the same coach for about four years. And then and this was at least for freshman and sophomore year, I was still on that team, but I was also playing for, for Roseville's team. And my YBA team and Roseville's team were so drastically different in t- in this in the in the style of defense and the style of offense that we played. When I played for YBA, I mean I was I would score, you know, ten, fifteen points a game. I had no problem scoring on offense and I was still and I still have I mean I never considered myself a scoring point guard ever my thing was um, I was a really good passer and I was a really good defender those were my two strengths I know that for a fact Um, so when when I was playing for YBA my YBA team we played at a breakneck pace just it was the fastest team I had ever been a part of, and any team that we played against, we were faster than. As soon as as soon as the other team scored, we had the ball across half court. We were flying, and it was a not only fun, but b it put me um, like I can speak to it as a point guard. When you're running that fast break, there are so many lanes that open up. Uh, on a fast break that just are never there in a half court. So many passes that you can make that you would never, ever make in a half court set. And it's not like, like fast breaks can happen on every play. If you create fast breaks on every play, they don't have to come off of a missed basket. They can happen. Even if the other team score, you just have to have an inbounder who's ready to go right away. And I loved that style. Got to Roseville. Not that I didn't love playing for Roseville because I did, but the offense there was was a lot slower. It was a lot more half court focused, and as a result, my scoring and Sam can speak to this. My they gave me crap about it all the time. Yeah, you're I trash. Maybe, I maybe scored like five ish points a game. Yeah, if that's, that. that's too much. If that, it's three points. And here's the well, yeah. I mean, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna hide it now. I had people on my on my Roseville team who were fantastic scorers, so that was it. wasn't my role and not on that so, team. To... And some not so fantastic. Everybody has their strengths. Who is who is the worst player on on your Roseville team? I am year? not getting into this conversation. Who is like the worst teammate that you've ever played with? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am not getting into this. Um, but that wasn't my role on uh, on Roseville's team, but. When I, what I'm trying to say is, is that for me, a player who, wasn't, who, who didn't focus on scoring was able to score 10, 15, even 20 points a game when I was playing for YBA. And when I got to Roseville, it just drastically 
drastically dropped so much so and i i almost felt like i couldn't i i wanted to talk to my coach about like hey i want to go to this pace like i want to play at a breakneck pace and i think he knew that i wanted to play faster but i don't think he knew how fast I wanted to play. And that was probably my fault for not making it abundantly clear what I wanted to do. I actually waited. I'm not saying I waited, but I remember my senior year, our our playoff game. I don't think I told you this story. I I went to my coach at the beginning of the game, at the uh, beginning of the week when we were prepping. And it was, it was my senior year. I had played for this guy for three years and I was like, you know what? There's no better time to ask him for this playoff than for this playoff game, because I need to play the best game I've ever played for, uh, for Roseville. And I need to do it by playing at a fast pace. So I went to him before the game and I was like, coach, can I, do I have your permission to just throttle the basketball down the court? I mean, as soon as it gets, as soon as they score, I just down the floor. And he said, yeah, go for it. I was like, okay. And that game was probably the best game I had all season. All season. I, you were at that what game. Were, what were I, the numbers? I don't remember. Yeah, I, I think you only remember. had like four points. I, I don't remember. I'm not going to lie to you. I really don't remember. But in terms of in terms of my all around – and that was the thing too. But the impact it affected, was higher. Yes, it affected everything else that I did. It affected my scoring. It affected the amount of assists that I had. It, it affected – my defense, it affected my rebounding. I mean, I had, I had, I've filled the entire stat sheet because I, I had this, I had this That's style um, that, uh, that I had grown so accustomed to. And, and for the Kings, I know that was uh, an example about myself, but it just, it's so much different. And I, I think that's what we're really trying to emphasize here is that the, the, that style that they played can, can hide not flaws, but compensate for so many, I would say, I don't want to say deficiencies, but areas that the Kings aren't necessarily great at. Well, I, I wouldn't even go that far. Like, it just complements their game yeah. so much more. I, I'll, I'll give this example for you uh, you guys that know volleyball, you, the three people out there. So there's two teams. Say there's a club and high school team, and you're playing on, a, on high school, and the strength of your team is setting the middles, running your offense through the middles, and you got these six five middles that are just dominating. They're hitting five hundred, right? It's working the whole time. And then you go with these same two middles to the club, and their big emphasis is, "Hey, we need big pin hitters." So they just set the pins, set the pins, set the pins, and you can see like how a team struggles in one aspect and succeeds in another with the same personnel. It's just a different differences of like coaching mentality and play styles that that's, this is really where coaching shows through. It's really hard to measure coaching in sports, but if you, the easiest way is to look at a team, the same team, which we have that opportunity playing for one coach and how they play with another. That is the only way that you can realistically judge the impact of a coach. You can't say, oh, he adds 0.5 points per game to this player type of thing. Like, you just can't, you can't do that. All we have to go off of 
is based off of last year to this year. And it hasn't looked good. You can't, you can't, as a coach, you can't force your philosophy on a team. You have to adjust your philosophy to your players, um, which is why coaches like, you know, Popovich and, um, well, I mean, I just, Popovich really comes to mind. He's had so many different players um, over the years. And they just they continue to win because they they adjust. I mean, sometimes the Spurs are in the past had been you know a really fast team mm-hmm. um, when they had when Tony Parker was still relatively um, younger. I don't want to say relative. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, well, even when like even when Kawhi was just getting there and Parker was still um, flying all around and Ginobili was still flying all around, they had Danny Green. Um, and Bellinelli that, and Gary Neal and Patrick Patty Mills. Patty Mills. Yeah, yeah. It, that team was fast. And they that two thousand. Yeah, shared the ball. They and then you look at the Spurs last year and going into this year, it's a lot of ISO ball. It's a lot of mid range shooting, which is different. Just just because that that caters to Lamarcus Aldridge and Demar Derozan. Yeah, but Pop didn't force any specific philosophy on any of those teams. He adjusted. To the players that he's had, and guess what? The the Spurs have made the playoffs every season for the past twenty some odd years. And I think I think I look at this too in the college level because coaches are such a bigger like force in college compared to the NBA. Like they're the face of the school, and you as a player, if you're going to Duke, you're going to play Mike Krzyzewski's way. It's just no getting around it, even if you're a Zion or an RJ Barrett, like he, you're playing in his system. He may wiggle it a little bit, but you're playing in his system because that's worked. Right. Yeah. And I feel like that's why we've seen guys underperform or like stay under the radar in college. And then all of a sudden get to the NBA and just like come out of nowhere type of thing. It's just purely because of the system they were playing in. Yeah. I don't think that gets talked about enough. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, and this I, see, you know, sometimes I don't like making um, outlines for a show because I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, yeah, fuck Luke Walton. <laughs> <laughs> He's an idiot. Like it's, if you were to pull, if Family Feud were to pull a hundred male <laughs> oh, Kings man. fans, or not male, but a hundred Kings fans, what would they all? What would the number one answer be? Play fast. Even you know what? Play faster than last year. Yeah, play and, faster. And it's he, pro- exactly. Yeah. He looked at that and said, "Nah, <laughs> nah. We we're gonna make Buddy Hill dribble the ball and create his own shot, even though he mm-hmm. has shown that he turns the ball over a lot in the half court when he is made to play make. No knock on him. It's just his weakness. Yeah. God. Maybe you and I should go coach the Kings. Fuck Luke Walton. Gosh, he's such a he, and that's the thing too. We talk about connect this. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's got the, he's got the <laughs> full circle. He's got the face for a quarterback, right? Luke yeah. Walton looks like he doesn't even he's never seen basketball before on the bench. He <laughs> like he looks the most out of the loop. He looks more out of the loop than J.R. Smith did in game one of the NBA finals. Yo, we had a timeout. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what just happened? I, you mean I get to challenge that? Oh, man. Wait, what happened? <laughs> like, he's just got that face. 
on the whole game. I'm sick yeah. of it. And he did have the same thing in LA. He did. He did. Oh my god. And he couldn't make a team with LeBron James work. Yeah. Hey, the good news for the Kings is that teams 11 through 15 right now in the Western Conference all have one wins. One wins. <laughs> I said wins like it was plural. <laughs> one win. So. 0 and 5 starts not good, though. No. We have the most losses in the Western Conference right now. <laughs> and, we have the, and we are tied for the most losses in the NBA with the Knicks. <laughs> hey, but, but they get the Knicks. Next they game. do. They do. That's huge. So, this road trip's pretty nice because they get Knicks, Raptors who are playing better than I thought they were, but I think they're beatable, and Atlanta. Yeah. They could win three in a row. Absolutely. I was really just trying to buy time there. <laughs> no, I think I think they're I think they're gonna win their next five. <laughs> <laughs> they're getting above five hundred by uh November sixteenth, because I know they're beating the Lakers. Oh, I, I the know Lakers. they're beating Portland. I hate the Lakers. Yeah, I'm just saying. I hate the Lakers and then so watch much. Out. They play. They play Celtics after that in Sacramento. They might be feeling themselves. They might go on a ten game winning streak. Hold Dude, up. they play. They play the day before my birthday and then the day after my birthday. They couldn't just like play on it. Like that's just me. Oh, it's my mom's birthday right now. Right now, happy birthday, mom! Hey, happy birthday! Fifty-one. Family. Yo, big five-one. Doesn't look a day over thirty. Never. She honestly looks the same, though. Yeah, from uh, what? We've known each other for what? How long now? Big freshman year of high school? Seven years? Yeah, she hasn't changed at all. No. If anything, she's gotten more grumpier. No, you know what it is? She goes to bed earlier. That's the thing. She's going to bed at like 6 o'clock now. Bro, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. We should all strive to do that. Like, I will... I when I visit, she'll get home from work at like four thirty. We'll visit for like an hour and a half, and then she'll go to bed. And I was like, "Oh, cool, mom. It's, it's great to see you. I haven't <laughs> seen you in like two months." <laughs> hey, that's all good though. And she gives me the same thing. Sam, I'm I'm so sorry. I gotta go to bed. <laughs> what time does she wake up though? She wakes up at like four. Bro, so she's getting like ten hours of sleep. Yeah, she doesn't sleep very well though. Well, no wonder she uh, hasn't changed. She's getting all that beauty sleep, you know? Are you you flirting with my mom? Dude, I knew you were going (laughs) to say that. I knew. As soon as there was a a brief pause, I was like, he's thinking of something. So what what are you doing? I think think the fans want to know what you're doing for your 21-er. What am I doing for my – oh, yeah, because – well, we're actually going to film that night. Are we really? Because we have to release an episode on Tuesday. Can we be um, intoxicated for that night? Can we be intoxicated for that night? Well, I mean, by we, I mean just you. Just me? Okay, so for the people who listen to this show who may not know me personally, I don't drink, like, at all. Well, that's because you were, you were in 21, but now you have the opportunity. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I have a military ID. I could go to a bar over by Sonic and go get wasted right now if I wanted to. Really? Uh, yeah, there's a sign out front. It's 21 and older or 18 and older if you have a military ID. 
Wait, so they're just openly breaking the law? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, the, the Marine Corps ball is on Saturday, so if I wanted to go get tanked there, I could get tanked there. Tanked? Um, yeah, it's another word for drunk. Who says tanked? Pro- I do. <laughs> just did. <laughs> just did. I like um, uh, My favorite is shit-faced. That's my pretty accurate description. But Um, I think we need to get, like, proper, proper wasted. No, so see, the thing I've always said is I I promised um, family members that I would would do uh, a shot on my birthday. What are you uh, going to drink? But I didn't put any rules on that. I told them just to whatever, whatever they wanted. I didn't Uh, didn't care. uh, When we, when we post this, guys, comment on, comment on our post, comment on Jason's post, what he needs to drink. And how many? Let me know. I I said we should do we should do a um a poll. No, no, we should do like a target. So next episode, next Tuesday, if that episode gets more than forty listens, you have to drink six shots. Wait, as soon as the S, I was gonna say seven. But Kyle's like, okay, well, he's just passed two, three, four, and five. <laughs> so six he's shots. passed those. 40 listens, six shots. Bro, bro, I I have I have yet to be – I don't – the thing is, is I don't want to be drunk. That's the thing. I have nothing against the, the flavor of alcohol. I've tasted alcohol before. Um, I've tasted wine – Champagne. I think I tried vodka not too long ago because um, I think one of you guys at New Year's poured it in some of the champagne. Um, I've I've, ta- I've tasted the rainbow, but I just <laughs> don't <laughs> taste it. Did you get the, 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 the chicken pox from it? <laughs> I like. I'm glad I was able to drop a Skittles reference the day after Halloween. Um, but uh, I I don't want to be drunk. That's the thing. Well, it's it's honestly not a choice at this point. I think it's only a choice at this point. I think you're 100 percent right. Are you, you going to make this deal with me though? Forty listens. Make the deal. I'm not how doing about, six. How about three shots? And you have to do it on Facetime with me, Ben and James. With you, Ben and James. Mm-hmm. Three. Three. That's it. That's nothing. Bro, I was going to – that might be nothing for you guys. Well, dude, if you look – like, how much do you weigh? 180? 178. So, yeah, 180. Oh, my bad, dude. My bad. Uh, <laughs> if you, <laughs> if you like, do the math, that's literally nothing. Well, I know it's like, nothing. Like, you could drive after. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, you might, you might feel something. You're not going to be drunk. From three shots, uh, I could be persuaded to. You three. could, uh, you could even chew your little almonds in between. Chew my almonds in between. Hey, mm-hmm. don't hate on the almonds. The almonds are. That's the way to go. Last thing to finish off the show. Finish? I was feeling good. What? I was feeling good. I was going to let it go for another ten minutes or so. Oh, okay. Well, this is this is a nice topic. So you you brought up Halloween. Yeah. What's your go? What's if you were to like go all out for Halloween? What would your costume be? Oh, all out for Halloween. Uh-huh. So like, I have 
Like, you have no a, budget, yeah, no nothing. unlimited budget. You have unlimited resources. You can get your hands on anything or anyone. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm all about being comfortable. That's the thing. Okay. So the thing, well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a little context question. Am I just dressing up for like a photo, or do I have to go out somewhere? You have to dress up for a costume contest that you have a chance to win a million dollars. A costume contest? Well, see, then I got to play to the fans. No, you just got to do something you love. Oh, gosh. I have no idea. I really don't know. That's a good question, though. Do you have any idea what you would do? Yeah, I'd be Jimmy G. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is? I immediately went to sports and I was like, man, if I could, because you said unlimited budget and unlimited resource, I was like, you know, if I could get my hands on like a real jersey, oh. like even even more so than just. I get um, Jimmy G's jock strap. <laughs> Use it as a chin strap. <laughs> Nothing can contain that jawline. <laughs> um. Are you saying I, I have meant... a big chin? <laughs> no, but what, no. Well, what I'm thinking is just like, because now, now that you're saying I got an unlimited budget and unlimited resources, I started thinking selfishly and was like, well, I'm just going to go get like a real jersey from somebody. No, you, you lose this, like the things you get after the costume contest. You don't get to keep it. Why not? <laughs> I, I would go be at 50 thousand inch tv no i'd be a uh <laughs> i'd be a, i'd be the president <laughs> i'd be a man with a in-home cinema oh dude that'd be so cool dude i that is like a goal honestly would you, are you do you ever fantasize about like having a bachelor cave well i or a man cave <laughs> i guess it's that. oh yeah yeah all the time yeah what would be in there? Oh, a freaking gym, hundred percent. Okay, that, I'm not going over to your house. You got no, but you got like you got. If, well, how big are we talking? Like, is it a big room? Like, the layout of your house, and then there's stairs that just go down underneath, and it's the same size as your house. Oh, dude! Then I got a gym in one area, and then we got just a whole other. A uh, spot dedicated to like sports. So I'm thinking, and a kitchen, pool table. Gotta have a bar, fridge for sure. Oh, you gotta have a fridge. Big ass TV, all in. Um, I'm thinking couch, like a like a, a nice lounger couch. Um, like my mom's sure. my mom's old couch at her old house. I love that couch so much. Oh yeah, the it one was, out in the living room. Yeah, it was so rickety, but it was, yeah, it was really nice. And I'm thinking like a nice purple king's carpet. You know that just jumps whoa, out at whoa, you. Whoa, 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 whoa! It did the whole thing. No, 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 no! Like right, in, like under the coffee table in front of the couch. I was gonna say I am not. Pur- <laughs> yeah, I am not in on the purple I'll, I'll for the, the whole the Boise State. <laughs> field but yeah. purple yeah. <laughs> yeah that actually kind of cool oh dude no no the carpet could be um turf like, like turf of Austin. 
Oh, that would be really cool. Turf would be cool. That would be really cool. And you got uh, O's and Niners and Giants and Kings, like posters everywhere. And you got, um, you know, a picture of me and Jimmy G taking taking a selfie because we're best friends. <laughs> he comes over um, all the time. Wait, but he's, he's what, eight years older than me? Speed yeah, out we, one. We, would, we wouldn't be friends. <laughs> right. But yeah, that's what I think it would be. Dude, man caves are awesome. I also want um, that machine that like every arcade has is the, um, or every bowling alley pretty much has it, is the basketball shooting machine that's just oh, yeah. it's feeding you balls and you got to make shots. I'd want one of those in my, just in my man time. cave. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got to beat that record. Like I was, I was two away. Like I easily could have made more shots. Yeah. Is there like an arc? Is there like a, an arcade like go to game for you? Like if you ran an arcade, you just like boom. It's gotta I'm be going there right away. Gotta be air hockey. Yeah, I'm all in on the air hockey. Big one growing up between me, my brother, and my mom. We would all race. Is uh, Hy- Hydro Thunder. Hydro Thunder. What's that again? It's the boat racing one. Oh, with like boosts and uh, Hydro Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> And that was that was in like yo that was good. It was, it's in like it's in uh, Scandia and uh, Golfland, Golfland Sunflash. Right. They have Hydro Thunder too. Oh my gosh, that just bring that's like sentimental. Right. Now my dad and I used to play air hockey all the time. I love air hockey. Yeah, you should ask Jenna what happened when we played air hockey. Did it? Does it end badly? I won. Oh, <laughs> it ended. It ended weird, though. Where did we go? I think we're in. Well, hang on. Have you played the four-person air hockey at Golfland? Well, just uh, ever. No. Yeah, there's like a air hockey table that's got four. Um, is it like four? Is it four sides or four corners? Four sides. But they have four goals. Yeah. No, I have four. I haven't four people it. can play. You can hit it wherever you want. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I've never tried it before, but I've seen it a couple times, and I was like, nah, it's overcomplicated. You know who's actually pretty good at air hockey? Me. Uh, My dad, sneakily. Holy moly. James Jones. Bro, he, he's um, he's not the air hockey guy. He's the, um, oh my gosh, foosball guy. But he's he's pretty good at air hockey, dude. Yeah, he's a master at foosball. He smoked you and I. Yeah, he would leave us in lunch and go play foosball at uh, Mr. Ray's class, right? Yeah. Or no, no, it was the class right next to it. Uh, and even when we w- we went camping, like you and I had to, I mean, it was 2v1 and he would still beat us. I mean, I think we got him a couple times, but that should never happen in foosball. If you got two people. My brain doesn't work fast enough to be good at foosball. Bro, he's insanely good at foosball. He was doing, like, crossovers with his guys. When are we going to get him on the show? He probably wouldn't want to. Probably not. I was thinking about Aaron, too. Aaron probably wouldn't want to be on the show either. Nah. So I got, a shame. I got a last question about Halloween. Last question. It, so you... I guess it's Yeah, I'm of, dressing up as John Wick. There no, you go. Oh, that's a good one. But... So you're, you're a girl, right? And I, you don't have a girl right now. But hypothetically, 
What okay. costume would you want her to dress up as? <laughs> that you yeah, would, think... that you would find like the sexiest. Yeah. You know where I immediately went to with this question? Ha- have you Okay. Have you watched any friends episodes? Yeah. Are you talking okay. about the Princess Leia? Yes. <laughs> Cuz I remember that episode so vividly. Did she dress up as the wrong no, what ended up happening was... Her hair was wrong, though. No, no, no. Her hair was fine. But when... I think what ended up happening... Because I think I just ended up... I just saw this not not too long ago. But what ended up happening was... Um, Chandler had uh, told a story to Ross. And he was, like, um, talking about how when he was having sex, like, sometimes his mom would pop into his mind. Gross. So Yeah, like his own mom. So Super when Ra- yeah, so when Rachel had dressed up as Princess Leia and Ross was laying in bed, like you saw Rachel, and then the scene cut back to Ross, and then it cut back, and it was his mom in the <laughs> gold bikini, and Ross was like, "I hate Chandler. That bastard ruined my life." Um, so that's funny that you asked that question because that was immediately I immediately jumped to that scene. Um, because they had that same conversation on the show. Uh, that's hilarious. I have no idea. I don't have an answer to that question. I don't either. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Do you remember the... Uh... You know what? I'm just going to say whatever she wants to wear is fine because I'm assuming she looks fine in whatever she wears. Yeah. Uh, the sexiest costume would be a nun outfit because there's nothing sexier than... Uh, women's self-dignity and religion. (laughs) (laughs) But you remember, uh, it was like a later episode when Joey and Rachel were trying to get together and they were trying to kiss each other and like get get it on type of thing. And they just kept imagining Ross. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Yeah, that's it. That's one of those shows where you can just like rewatch over and over again. I definitely... Rewatched a couple times. Yeah, definitely. But uh, Parks and Rec is still better than The Office. Fight me, anybody who wants to argue that. But it's not better than Friends. Probably not. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm not sure, though. I really have to do a deep dive into both. Deep dive. But that could be be a topic for another podcast. Wait, next... Because we're going to close out this one. Not next Tuesday... A uh, couple weeks Tuesday is when we got to get that episode of 40. Mm-hmm. So if you guys are hearing this, please, please share this. I don't care if you make multiple fake accounts. Get that two weeks from now, two weeks, one week from Tuesday's episode. God, I'm butchering this. Dude, I need stink. I need a calendar. <laughs> you, I have one right in front of me. Okay. Today's the first. Right? Just tell me what date it is. My birthday is the... You know when my birthday is. No, 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 no. What date that episode will be. 19th. Oh, the 19th. So that... Wait, that's not going to work. Oh, so it has to be the... It's got to be um, this... It's got to be uh, the 16th. Is it the 16th? Yeah. Which is a Saturday. Yeah, 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 yeah. So November 16th episode. That needs, needs, needs to get to 40 listens. It has to. There's just no other option. 
There's no way it's going to get to 40 listens in three days. Not with that attitude. There, I, you know what, listeners? I dare you. Because this man will not drink without this. I, I dare you. He might sip a shot on his 21st no, birthday. I said I would take a full shot. You'd back out of that. No, I'm not going to back out of it. I promised too bitch. many people. You're a little bitch. Wow. wow. I think wow. you should take a shot with every person you've promised to take a shot with. I've promised to take a shot with? Yeah. So you promised to take one with me. You promised to take one with Ben. You promised to take one with James. When did I do that? All the time. I don't think that's even slightly true. <laughs> so if I wasn't, if I was in Roseville, you wouldn't take a shot with me? Hey, all I'm saying is you guys aren't here. So who's really um, dropping the ball here? Luke Walton. Yeah. <laughs> That just made me sad. <laughs> so I guess we should close out the podcast because now we're sad. Um, Wait, thank that, you all. Does that mean you're getting shit faced for? Uh... No, I'm driving. So there's this thing so called I'm Uber. Dri- no. What do you mean no? Wait, you have a no. Par- you have parents too. They can't pick you. I up? understand that. No, I'm driving my truck. I love my truck. Wow, you're a little bitch. Don't t- whatever. I we're done with this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. The last fifteen minutes of the show was just back and forth banter. So maybe some of you enjoyed it. Maybe some of you didn't. Who knows? Maybe you find this amusing. Maybe you find this annoying. I'm not sure. But if you stuck around with us this long. Uh, then we must be doing something right. So thank you all so much for listening. We will be back Tuesday with another episode and have a fantastic weekend and go Raiders. Thanks guys.